You are now listening to Afri Talks. My name is Vera Phoebe. This is the space where you get the best in business, art, and entertainment. Today, I just want to brush on um, how innovative, you know, Kenyans or Nairobians have been in trying to make some money um, in the informal business sectors. This is because most of the time, um, not everybody qualifies to go to a university, get a degree, and learn a white collar job. Some people, for them, they just feel like it's not necessary for them, so they enter into business straight off. But um, I just want to share my experiences and seen on how people are trying, you know, to make a living um, in Nairobi. So recently, I went to get my nails done at um, Imenti, but the whole of Imenti they have like different uh, nail shops where um, you can go and get your nails done um, and they have people standing outside they do direct sales um, they just ask you if you want to get your nails done and then uh, they show you what uh, you can get so from that on when um, when i entered you could clearly clearly that the shops doing the same thing i mean there are pros and cons in um in that it's uh, the same way um it's the same way different industries are set up and they're just put in one place uh, to make it easy for people to identify a location and go and find the goods and the commodities that they want there so um when i was getting my nails done i noticed that uh, there are so many young people who are trying you know to make something um from that building so for instance if you're getting your nails done um there's a lady there who is gonna sell you food there's another one who's gonna sell you jewelry now um one thing that fascinated me about these ladies who were selling um jewelry is um to get like the whole is it a dozen uh a dozen goes because i had a chat with one of them so like if you want to enter into the uh, jewelry business right uh, like you want to sell these accessories jewelry sounds so fancy if you want to sell these accessories um just accessories which are coated with the uh, quotes <laughs> gold or silver or something like that um the retail the the in order for you to get the um what is it called a wholesale price of uh, maybe rings it ranges between 300 shillings to uh, 360 so you can imagine for like 12 items you've purchased with um 360 shillings if you sell it to customers the minimum minimum uh, amount to sell let's say your, your rings okay you buy a dozen of rings it costs you the capital is 360 shillings right and um you sell each of those 12 midi rings for 100 shillings so you have uh, made 1200 shillings 1200 shillings minus 360 you get a profit of um, you do the math you understand so in a day <laughs> in a day all these um, shops are filled with clients to the brim right and um, you most probably will buy you most probably will buy because I bought around, I don't know, four rings. Somebody else bought five. So 
within a day she can um she can make back the profit three times or four times you understand with just the capital of 360 of course if you increase um the commodity or if you increase the quantity uh the capital lowers and you get maximum profit and um i was fascinated by uh, the way they were able to do direct sales and they were so persistent and um, and they know where to get their clients from you know if you just put up a shop and you sit there you are less likely to make um, a badan sale than the way these ladies are first of all because um, they play with the notion of uh, women necessarily are impulse buyers so if you sell anything that is related to women, most likely it's uh, going to fly off the shelf because women naturally as consumers, they have this impulse, um, impulse buying nature with them. So most definitely they're going to pick up one or two things. Same thing goes to the um, earring business, right? For 360, you get a dozen of 12 um, earrings. You sell each at 200 shillings. If you sell all 12 that day, you are able to make how much? Two, two, um, 2,400 and your capital was 360. So if you are able to meet your targets every single day of the week, you're comfortably making somebody's salary who does a nine to five job and you're not paying any tax, um, you're not paying any, I'm not saying this so that career you go and harass people. You're, you're, you're not paying tax. So at the end of the day, you have a comfortable um, income that you're making. But it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. Nothing is ever easy. Because there are days which um, maybe the nail shops will not allow you to sell in there. Um, if you have your own personal issues with them. There may be days that um, if the shops close, then you do not have a direct access to clients who can... Um, do that impulse buying with you and that really really fascinated with me it's the same way i had a conversation with a guy who was selling uh, socks in the street so this guy is uh for 10 pairs for 10 pairs of socks you pay uh 350 shillings so essentially each uh not each pair because they're they're um they're three in a bundle so for um for three pairs of socks you essentially pay 35 shillings for them so when you come and sell it to clients and consumers you sell it at 100 shillings so you have made over how much profit you have made like uh, 65 shillings profit uh from each bundle of socks so if you sell your 10 socks at 100 uh, shillings how much have you made you have already made your um is in ten thousand shillings yeah you've already made your ten thousand shillings so so people are always in, um people in nairobi are innovative uh people in nairobi especially the ones who are doing informal um working in the informal sector there is money to be made you just need to um know how to approach it things are not things are not simple things are not easy but if you put your mind into it then you can get some returns out of it and um for me i learned that from just seeing the way these guys 
are very aggressive in whatever they are selling to their clients i've seen the way they don't give up if somebody doesn't buy from them all right and it's not like they're pestering you they have understood um, the language of salesmanship just by doing it over and over and over and over again i would just say this humbly um these guys are the best sales people you can ever get and it's not because they need um, a degree in sales in order to make good sales you understand it's just about uh, identifying um, opportunities that are in real time and identifying strategies that actually work with the clientele base that you're going for it is just as simple as that so in a day somebody who does um, people's nails um, the common uh, uh, maybe something that they get clients would really want it's um, can cost about a thousand shillings right so if you spend two hours on each client in a day you make five sales you can essentially make um three thousand because you have to like pay the people who you know and they have this um this arrangement with the nail shops right if you do nails here you're gonna you you pay um some amount of money per month in order to like access the equipments and everything it doesn't matter if you get fifty thousand clients in a day or whatever so long as every single month you give us this amount of money and you can work so they work in different nail shops all across um all across uh, th that building so all these are like different ways in which the informal sector looks at how they can you know create um, a workforce for clients but not necessarily directly um, um, having to go out and look for these clients or having people on permanent and saying okay I'm gonna pay you 15,000 shillings every single month so that you do nails that means that these people are just gonna be chilling there waiting whoever walks in and wants to get their nails done and most of these shops would have been closed by now because it's not easy like I said each of this service ranges between um, 500 shillings to 2,500 shillings or 3,000 shillings depending on what you're doing so before you even make <laughs> your employees salary you would have to go through i don't know five clients uh, or more let's say an average of 10 clients and then an average of another 30 for you to pay the rent of the whole place and then another 30 for you to now make profit from it and then another 30 for you to invest capital because you would need equipments and things um, to run the business so we are seeing that different strategies in which these so-called informal sectors they're adapting in order to even accommodate workforce in this place and not only that but also um, you find out that if people work for and this is something that I came to realize uh, that two ways that let's take company A and company B for example right company A is owned <laughs> is being run the CEO is the founder right the CEO is the founder and then you have company B, which is a big corporation. So they appoint a CEO uh, from somewhere, right? And so the CEO is just occupying a post and a position. The way in which these two guys are going to manage the company are very, very different. 
the person who is the founder and the CEO, the way he's going to handle his company, you can even see um, the way he talks, the kind of environment he's likely to create for his workers in his company is more likely to be very, very productive, proactive, encouraging ideas, um, trying to, you know, continue and build because this is something he has founded for himself or she or she has founded for herself <clears throat> and so it's company which is being driven by passion ideas and you know just a flexible organization that is very accommodative to people now we have company b which somebody just was given that post i don't know how credible he is but they just gave him that post because it's all sorry shade so um, when this person is running his company, this company, right, that he is just occupying a post, which does not mean that you're going to be sitting there forever, sir or madam. It does not mean that, that you do, are you a shareholder? You're not. You're just occupying a post. Okay, fine. So it's not your business. All right. So you're most likely to find these are the kind of weird um, CEOs, dictators. Um, they feel like their ideas are the ones which carry the day they don't work very well with other people they are only there because they're getting a fat salary at the end of the day because somebody came up with the notion that there has to be a huge a mega huge gap of the person who is earning the least to the person who is earning the most there just has to be a huge gap and it is what it is you know so you'll find like those kinds of companies these guys um they just they're just all over the place they're wobbly wobbly you know they don't uh, focus on the process for the company to get to the next level all they want to do is to get their fat check at the end of the at the end of the month and just bully people around in order to inflate their egos and feel like they're doing something you're not doing anything sir shade so seeing how people work in the informal sector and the kind of strategies and the things they do, they don't need to write a whole book on strategies of sales. It's because these people adapt with the the way the consumer behaves because they interact with the consumer every single day. Their, their knowledge is based on real-time information, not things that were learned years ago. I don't know when, how, when people were not thinking in, um, how can I say? You see, the way people used to think in 1950s, it's not the same way people think in um, in this current time. And you find that most of the time when people are training a workforce, they use outdated information that has nothing to do with current time. So that's why you'll find uh, most of the people flourish a lot in the informal sector because they learn and adapt to strategies in real time, you know, in real time. It's like the way when COVID hit, you remember when COVID was now a huge scare and like sanitizers were the thing and um, just a common, a common mask was ranging, I don't know, 2000 shillings and everything. At that time, at that time, if you had a mask business, you're millionaire. If you had a sanitizer business, trillionaire but now as you know time goes by anybody who is investing in a business of sanitizers and masks they're not making as much as the people who are quick to jump on the opportunity at the same time so the late 
the latecomers <laughs> who think they're now um, gaining from um, the people who had already initiated the, the first route of like releasing these um, commodities and products in the market, they're learning one very important thing in business, right? You only adapt when a business is at the growth stage. You only introduce something when the business it's at its exponential like it's growing it's you know it's reaching its peak once the curve starts going down and that is when you want to uh, now come into the business you're most likely not to be um <clears throat> whatever you're going to sell it's not going to be as much profitable as the people who are quick to uh, jump on the opportunities but now you find that there's so many um informal um, businesses which are now selling the masks at way cheaper prices you at one <coughs> at one point <laughs> at one point a common mask a common mask 300 bob hey man we have suffered so within time um products will always lose their whatever values especially when the the curve is going down and like the market has been infiltrated with so many cheaper options um so the key thing about all this like the reason why i'm sharing this story is i can comfortably say that um in this uh, city that we are living in in order for you to survive right in order for you to to survive there's so many opportunities you just need to get yourself into the mindset of doing these um, opportunities. And the informal sector, as much as people like to shun away from or see that these people who haven't gone to school, many people probably have major degrees and they're still in the informal sector, right? Um, you can learn a lot by just observing the way they conduct and they, they handle themselves and what strategies they are using. Because let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you pay, I don't know, um, a foreign CEO sales, this and this and that. First of all, <laughs> first of all yeah, the way uh, they handle their, their market abroad and the way Kenyans handle the market down here are two different different things. So, may I encourage guys, people who HR companies, CEOs who make the decision of um, crafting what you are looking for to hire people. When you tell so long as you have five years experiences in sales, this and this and this, you're wasting your time. The sales force are most likely people who have done the informal sector. You know why? They're not afraid to go up to anybody's face and get rejected. They are not afraid of walking and looking for clients where they are. All right? If you sit in your office expecting to make sales, nothing will ever occur to you. But different products, different ways in which you sell something. So all I can say is, the informal sector has so much uh, to be learned from or to be, you know, copied by the formal sector in order to actually make sales. Sales is very, very key. As much as people like to look down on uh, salespeople, if you don't have a very strong 
uh, sales force behind your business you're wasting time what is the what is the um what is the benefit of having the best product with the best features with the best price but nobody to sell it at the end of the day if you don't sell your product you don't make profit if you don't make profit there's no business a business is um you can only consider your yourself you're doing business if you sell something more than one time and you get profit from it and you continuously do it over and over that's the only um thing i learned in university first lesson business studies yeah yeah that is what that is what's stuck on my mind if you don't do something more than one time and you not make profit from it then that is not a business and you can copy so much from the informal sector these guys um the way they handle their businesses you know and and the way they are able to retain <laughs> the way they are able to retain clients it's very crazy so at the end of the month they know these ladies are definitely going to come back for, to retouch their nails and when they come back these guys who are selling accessories they already know they have a repeated uh, purchase this lady who is selling food she knows she's having a repeated purchase anybody else who is hawking and selling whatever they're selling they know they're going to have a repeat of purchase in some sort of way and these people come so um and your clients become their clients is what it's what i i like to call a pool of a shared clientele where people are doing different uh, businesses but they're benefiting from the same client you know and if businesses approach such kind of an arrangement then they're more likely to stay afloat you know they're more likely to stay afloat and we don't see this um, sort of strategies where we have pool advertisements or um a pool of sales being done together in order to close in the client because if you are selling a complementary product what hurts when um when we collaborate in such a scenario you understand all right i think the reason why um this nail technicians and these other ladies who are selling whatever they are selling work so well is because they understand this you know this client who is sitting to get their nail done they have the money <laughs> for the nails regardless so if you make the client pay for another item there's no problem you know because at the end of the day um you have even made it much more easier for the client to get um complimentary products from the services she's getting if this lady is getting her nails done they most likely want some pretty rings to you know make the fingers look good different people different tastes whatever have you but i don't think there's any lady who can say no to a um maybe a pretty looking um earrings or a pretty looking necklace or something like that so at the end of the day there's shared customers clients have been shared but nobody is going at a loss so there's so much there's so much to be learned from the informal sector um ask anybody who you know who who works in the informal sector and they'll tell you you know um they make nice good money you know so never look down upon people who do informal sectors uh just because they don't wear skirts and pumps every single day going to um work but if you really um 
if you really open your eyes then you can see there are so many opportunities for each and everybody so i would like to encourage people don't look down uh, upon a profession if you are able to seize the opportunity and do something um, with your life that can you know make you an extra income here and there please do so